to Datsuk. What a move! Right in, oh. scores! Wow. Oh, but Datsuk in deep, that's a beauty! Heisman moving blue line, chance, scores! Steve You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town, with your host, Austin Goodman. Hello and welcome to the 13th episode of Occupy Hockey Town. I'm your host, Austin Goodman, and this week we have a special edition because, guys, the number of this week's episode is, in fact, my lucky number. I know, weird. The number 13 is my lucky number. It is the number of my favorite hockey player, my favorite Detroit Red Wing, Pavel Datsuk, and, of course, my own hockey number, which I actually scored three goals and had three assists in my opening game the other night. So we're feeling pretty good here, sounding pretty good, and ready to bring another week's worth of Octopi Hockey Town to all the listeners out there. This week, we're going to start out at looking at the Red Wings' depth chart. You know, going from every position, from goaltender to forward, and answering the questions, what is this team going to look like come the fall? And second, what players can jump into the lineup unexpectedly that'll take us through, you know, about the first 15 minutes of the show and then we'll shift gears to the off-season work and I'll give you listeners out there a little bit of an update as to what's going on with the Wings right now. Uh, they've been doing a little bit of work since free agency on July 1st and we'll talk about that through about the first 23 minutes of the show and then we'll round it off towards the end towards about 30 minutes with the newest signature and it actually didn't come from a player it is the Red Wings new assistant coach which was handpicked by Mike Babcock and we'll get into a discussion about that a little bit later it's the ex-Penguins assistant coach Tony Granado and Tony also played in the NHL, has a stellar, stellar assistant coaching career with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So guys, let's get started looking at the Red Wings 2014-2015 depth chart. As of today, which is in fact July 22nd, is Tuesday, July 22nd. And guys, starting at forward, we're looking at the left wing. We got Henrik Zetterberg, Danny Cleary, Drew Miller, Gustav Nyquist, and Riley Shahan on the list. All of which, the the highest pages, of course, Henrik Zetterberg getting about just, uh, you know, almost $6.1 million a year. And then Danny Cleary at one five, Drew Miller at one three five, and then $950,000, sorry, for Nyquist and Shahan. And that's just the left wingers guys and then we got Pablo Datsuk, Weiss, Helm, Anderson and Glendening down the middle with a rising Thomas Nosek who could potentially you know fill in a hole if there is an injury somewhere down that list there at right wing there's a Johan Franzen, advocator Yurko Tatar who is still a restricted free agent, Anthony Mantha, Timu Polkinen and Mitch Callahan. As for the defensive end that everybody says is you know incredibly weak I think there are a lot of people out there that are really thinking about the fact that Jonathan Erickson was not in the lineup last season. Um, And that actually had a, well, not all of last season, but a lot of last season. Um, Jonathan Erickson, you know, really is a big part of the Detroit Red Wings. And I just wanted to, you know, make note of that. Um, Make note of the fact of Jonathan Erickson, you know, being a part of this defensive unit alongside Nicholas Cronwall with, you know, help from Brendan Smith and Danny DeKaiser, who's also a restricted free agent, need to pay him a little bit of money there. 
Um, but they're also players like Jakob Kindle, Kyle Quincy, and Brian Lashoff, and that's just basically the starting core right there, your top seven. And then at the bottom of the list, you have people like Xavier Olette coming up, Alexei Marchenko, Ryan Sproyle, Adam Almquist, and then, you know, of course, in net, your obvious starter for the season would be Jimmy Howard, backed up by Jonas Gustafsson, and then Peter Mrazek, Thomas McCollum um, playing in the AHL. So, guys, I just kind of want to, you know, just evaluate the situation that's going on right here with the Red Wings depth chart. You know, what is that issue with defense? There are 11 solid defenders who are under contract or are about to be under a contract. Adam Almquist is a restricted free agent. Um, as well as Danny DeKaiser. So that makes nine of the 11 under contract, two that need to be, you know, contracted. At, you know, and at least two of these younger players are not going to have solidified roster spots. In fact, you know, one of the older players, Jakob Kindle or Brian Lashoff, interchangeably will probably be fighting for that sixth defenseman uh, role in the starting lineup for Mike Babcock and now Tony Granato that we'll talk about later in the episode. But I think that Xavier Olette and Alexei Marchenko, more specifically Alexei Marchenko, is going to have an impact on the Red Wings. Um, you know, I, I've really been on that tip lately uh, with the youngsters because I feel like this is a developing team. And that that's just how I think is, you know, with this whole situation of not being able to pull anybody in during free agency and not being able to trade for anybody, um, not wanting to lose any of your young utility players that have stepped up and become great assets for the team, um, for the Red Wings, that is. And, you know, I just want to talk about these youngsters because clearly the development of the Red Wings is working. And, you know, somebody like Xavier Olette, um, you know, he had 50 games that were played in the WJC A, he had 20 goals, 31 assists for 41 points. He was plus 14. That was 2012-2013. The guy's offensively talented at the blue line. You know, basically, he's going to be a massive asset as a QB, basically, on the power play. If you if all the listeners out there understand what I'm saying right there. A QB on the power play, kind of just like the guy that heads up the play, directs everybody, and directs everything. And that's a big deal. He's a lefty shooter. He's 6'1", 190 pounds, um, Xavier Olette is. He was drafted in 2011, the second round, 48th overall um, in the draft. And, you know, even I said before that is Alexei Marchenko, who's only 22 years old, and, you know, he's from Ro Moscow, Russia, the international scouting for the Red Wings is incredible. You know, I'm just going to put that out there. It is incredible. They picked up a player that's very aggressive. He's a strong skater. He he's more of a defender type of defenseman. You know, he's he he's more of a shutdown physical type more than an offensive threat. So his numbers aren't going to be striking to the eye. But he's 6'2", 212 pounds. He's a right-handed defender which the Red Wings need need and he is on the rise. And that's what I see when I see Alexei Marchenko. He will play um 
He played last year with the 2013-2014 AHL Grand Rapids Griffins, which is the affiliate team for the Red Wings. But that's a, just a defense, guys. You know, we're just talking defense here, and those are just the options. You know, you also have somebody like Ryan Sproyle on the rise, um, you know, a 6'3", 185-pounder right-handed shooter as well, but he's a little thin, um, so he's going to have to get a little bit more, more meat on him uh, before he goes to the NHL. Um that's just my opinion on the defenders, guys. I, I want to start talking about the forwards because, you know, really what was so striking to me last year about the Red Wings season is that, um, I, honestly, there was just a lack of production. Um, and that can't be happening when you want to compete for something like a Stanley Cup, which Pavel Datsuk was quoted saying that he doesn't want to just keep making the playoffs. He wants to, you know, play for a Stanley Cup and the guy's making the most on the team 7.5 million dollars he might not be the captain but he's the guy you look to when statements like that are flying around you know players like Darren Helm it's players like that that need to stay consistent and be healthy as much as they possibly can to be able to stay out on the ice and players like Pavel Datsuk um, I just kind of want to pull up some numbers on Pavel Datsuk right now he missed 37 games last year it was first with a concussion then with his left knee and you know, that really put him out for about a majority of four months. You know, his 40, he had 45 games. There's the fewest number of games that he has ever played in his 12-year career that was all played by the Red Wings. 446, another number. For the fifth time in the past six seasons, he led the Red Wings in face-off wins. Let me just tell you, for all those people out there that are listening and don't know as much about the sport of hockey, in hockey, you need to be winning faceoffs. That is a very massive, massive key element, especially in my mind, because I think when I'm a faceoff fiend, I love taking the faceoff. I love winning the faceoff, a clear draw. And that's what Pavel Datsuk does. He's consistent with it, and he plays well. He's a 53.4 percentage last season at the faceoff dot. Over 500, that means he's doing well. Those are good numbers right there. Um, as for the left wing and his partner, Henrik Zetterberg, uh, the Euro Twins, as they're coined to be, um, you know, he has help on that left wing. You know, going down the list, we got Riley Shahan, Gustav Nyquist, Drew Miller, all of which are starters, and Danny Cleary, who will probably most likely be a healthy scratch. Um, but those are all massive assets to the team that are being paid a small dollar, except for Henrik Zetterberg, who I said makes about 6.1 annually. Um, but, you know, Stephen Weiss, $4.9 million, you would want to see more out of him. Somebody at your center position, somebody that could take over that solid second centerman position over Darren Helm so you could put him on the third line and have more versatility and more flexibility um, when it comes to your players right there. Um, for you know youngsters to come in, it, it, it's more at the right wing. It's more with players like Johan Franz and Justin Ablocator, um, Thomas Yurko. Can Anthony Mantha prove himself to outplay Thomas Yurko? As of right now, if Daniel Alfredson were on my list, he's not right now because he is not signed. That would also cause another person to be on this list. And he is a massive asset to the team. But I would say that players like Anthony Mantha, Timu Polkin, and Mitch Callahan, Callahan, in fact, was re-signed uh, last week. And, you know, 
with players like that, they could step up and take the roles of somebody like Thomas Yurko that's going to be fighting for that last forward slot. And, you know, uh, this is all speculation, but I'm still saying that I believe that Anthony Mantha is going to affect um, – going to affect the season. I'm, I'm not going to stress it any more than past this episode just because we're talking about the depth chart right now. Um, but I think that Anthony Mantha is definitely going to have an opportunity. Thomas Tatar, he's a restricted free agent. He needs to get under a contract. But once he is under contract and that has, you know, been tampered with, um, you know, behind the scenes, I believe that Thomas Tatar and Gustav Nyquist, two players, are going to have an incredible season. If Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk can play more than 30, 40 games in a season, you know, get towards up that 60, 75 mark. That's what you want to be able to see um, for a productive front end for the Red Wings. As for goaltending, let's be honest, guys. Jonas Gustafsson played better than Jimmy Howard last season, and that's just straight-up fact. All right, Jonas Gustafsson last season was 16-5-4. He had zero shootout losses. Uh, he... Led in only 68 goals in 27 um, games played. Well, 26, 26 games started, 27 games played. Um, the guy had a .907 save percentage, and Howard had a 910. But you know, Howard started in 50 of the games, and let's keep that under con- you know in consideration right there. A 2.63 goals against average. Jimmy had a 2.66. All right, Jimmy doubled his time on the ice, but guys, what I'm saying here is is based by the amount of wins. Howard only had 21 wins. Gustafson had 16. This is a good duo going into the season. I like to see two good goaltenders just in case your ace goes down, you have a good solid B black, you know, backup plan. And this actually came up on WDBM's The Pact 88.9 on Monday 7 to 8 p.m. and we were debating, you know, do the Red Wings have a plan B? Yes, the Red Wings have a plan B and it's proven right there. Resigning Jonas Gusevs into a one-year contract. You already have somebody like Jimmy Howard under contract. And the Red Wings are just filling in holes. They let people like Michael Samuelson and Todd Bertuzzi go because they don't want to have to deal with that extra floodage right there. Obviously, if there's an injury you know, influx like there was last year, which was a really odd season. I don't expect to see something like that again. But if you do see something like that again, that's, you know, where that would come into uh, come into effect. I think that the young players will be able to make their appearances and may be able to make their appearances known, especially players like, you know, Adam Almquist, Alexei Marchenko, Ryan Sporrell, Xavier Olette. Those defenders are going to be, you know, tossed in at the five and six positions, and that's where you want those players to start getting adapted to just in case something happens to a player like Jakob Kindle, Brian Lashoff, or if those youngsters exceed where, you know, Kindle and Lashoff have been hitting. Let's understand Jakob Kindle only paid $2.4 million annually, and Brian Lashoff is at a small $725,000 per year. I mean, I guess it's small for the NHL and sports. For me, I'd love $725,000 a year. But, you know, guys, I really don't find an issue with this roster right here. All I'm saying is that the Red Wings can utilize their youngsters if they get into the same kind of situation that they were in last year. That's all I'm saying. But we're through the first, you know, 15 minutes of the show, and I want to make a nice little left turn, skirt right over into the transactions that the Red Wings have made in the past week. And we're looking at 
three specific days that the Red Wings, you know, picked up different players for different reasons and all that jazz. So I just want to get down to it. It's going to take us up to about 23 minutes, um, and then we're going to talk about Tony Granado, the newest addition to the Red Wings. He'll be the last person that we suggest in this segment. So let's jump right into it. On July 11th, the Red Wings signed Thomas McCollum to a one-year contract. This is the backup's backup, all right? The backup, it's pretty much the backup's backup's backup, and that's a lot to say. When you have a player in Jimmy Howard as your starter, one. You have Jonas Gusevson at two. Two. You have Peter Mrazek at three. And then you have Thomas McCollum at four. Peter Mrazek's interchangeably between the AHL and the NHL, whether or not Gusevson and Howard can you know stay healthy next year. After being, after being drafted in 2008 in the first round, number 30, Number th- a goaltender being drafted at number 30, an American-born goaltender from New York. 24 years old. He's going on 25 on December 7th. He's 6'2", 205 pounds. You know, the positives of this guy is he's an excellent rebound-controlling goaltender, and that's what you really want in the NHL because you get those gritty goals. There are a lot of players that are not afraid to stick their nose right in there and get the puck in the net, but he stays square, and he has a great glove, and those are big things to have, but he's already lost his job to Peter Mrazek in 2012-2013, and Peter Mrazek, in fact, ended up winning the Calder Cup championship as a starting goaltender for that team after McCollum had started the season as the goaltender for the AHL Grand Rapids Griffins. So, you know, a negative aspect of that is his mental game. Can he mentally handle that? I believe that he needs a mental improvement if he wants to, you know, make it anywhere for the Red Wings. On July 17th, though, guys... Uh, the Red Wings re-signed Mitch Callahan and Andres Nistrasel. And what I just want to say here is Mitch Callahan at number 180 overall in 2009, he signed a two-way deal. It's worth $555,000 coming off his best season in the AHL. 26 goals, 18 assists. I think this is, you know, more or less something to back yourself up almost. Um... I don't see Mitch Callahan really getting to the next level just yet, but we'll see what the kid can do coming, you know, off of a one-year contract. He has the last chance to make his to make his debut. Basically, let's be pretty conscious of this one, guys. 2015 is rolling around. He was drafted in 2009. That is a solid six years ago come the end of the season, and Callahan is going to have to figure himself out whether or not he can make it into the NHL or not. But $555,000 to play one year, um, both in the AHL and the NHL, is a pretty good deal. So I would definitely accept that. As for Nestrazzo, 6'3", 210 pounds, guys. We got a big boy. He's far more likely to go unclaimed than to play. He only had 16 goals, 20 assists last year, 24 penalty minutes, which is pretty low. That's good in 70 games played in the AHL. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I, it's striking to me. You know, I just want to bring up this next topic. It's going to bring us to the to our third topic of Tony Granado, which was also this past week on the 15th is when the Red Wings came into cahoots uh, with Granado. I just want to talk about, though, about this free agency right here in, in the trade market. Um, let's keep in mind, guys, let's just keep in mind 
that the Red Wings haven't completely failed yet necessarily. You know, um, I believe that they could have a lot more opportunities um, in the latter end of the season, um, filling in holes just because of that trade deadline um, towards the end of the season. I think that's going to have a massive impact on the Red Wings um, towards the end of this upcoming season. But I don't think that um, I, 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 I'm not nervous necessarily for the upcoming season because the Red Wings got so rejected over free agency and through trade options. Just different elements that come into play um, have really have really given me, uh, kind of set me at ease almost with the situation that the Red Wings are in. Um, a lot of fans out there are kind of freaking out at this point, saying, oh, well, the Red Wings need to fill this and then X, Y, and Z. Let's keep in mind, as I said we debated on the pact a couple Mondays ago, there is a plan B. There's always a plan B, and the Red Wings have a great organization. They do a great job there in Detroit. They uh, just actually painted up the new sketch for the newest addition to the Red Wings family, and that's going to be a new arena in a couple of year or a couple seasons down the road. Uh, with Mike Illich, in fact, stepping up his game to the next level, he's going to have Comerica Park, Ford Field, and the new Olympia. Red Wing, the home, new future home of the Red Wings. Sorry about that. The future home of the Red Wings. It's going to be right there next to it all. And Detroit is on its way up. So if you buy a house and then sell it, you might make a couple bucks. Just a suggestion here in Octobuy. But I want to move on to the next segment, guys. And we're going to talk about the addition of Tony Granado. Tony is the ex-Penguins assistant coach. Um, you know, he was signed in July 15th. He coached for the past five years, past five seasons, and worked under Dan Bilesman, Ray Shero, and all three of these gentlemen were recently released by the Penguins organization in order just to, I guess, revamp at the franchise that they have over in Philadelphia. Um, let, let's be honest, guys. Pittsburgh really did need help when it comes to management, when it comes to coaching. But I think that Tony Granato is still a good pickup for the Red Wings. He only signed a one-year deal, and I think that has to do with the fact that Mike Babcock is only on a one-year contract right now. But he's 49 years old, and he's seeming as though that, you know, the Red Wings have started this little trend here, that out of the nine years that Mike Babcock has been coaching, the Red Wings have had seven different assistant coaches. And I don't know if that's a tribute to... Mike Babcock being able to transform different people and make them go into the next segment of their life quicker as you know next segment in in coaching when you're an assistant coach you want to be able to be the head coach somewhere else just saw that happen with uh, Bill Peters Tom McClellan happened too uh, those are just two notable names right there um, but I think Renato throughout his history associated with the NHL He's had a pretty good, solid career. When he played, he played 13 NHL seasons. He played between New York, L.A., San Jose, uh, with the Rangers, Kings, and Sharks. He played in 773 career games, and he had 248 goals. 
244 assists, 1,425 penalty minutes, which is an incredible number. Um, well over doubles the combination of both goals and assists. But, you know, if you're a feisty guy, you had a role in the game a few years back, more towards the 80s is when hockey was really more of a physical, rough man's battle. Now it's kind of a, it's more of a showman's game, kind of going over towards soccer, but still a lot more aggressive. I don't want anybody to take that offensively. So don't, don't take that offensively. <laughs> Most recently, he coached the Penguins, uh, you know, assistant coach, but he was axed. In the second round of the 2014 Stanley Cup playoffs. Guys, I just want to look at these numbers really quickly. He was ranked number one overall in penalty killing at 86.1% in 2010-2011. And then during the 2013 playoffs as well, the unit was 92.3% on the PK, which was the best in franchise history for the Penguins. That was in 2013. So... You know, I really think that Granado is going to be able to help the Red Wings out a lot. I think that he is going to definitely step up the passion of the team. Um, he really thinks, and this is a quote um, from Granado himself, coming from, you know, the Detroit Red Wings website, so straight from the source, said, quote-unquote, the younger players and the players who were asked to step up and play more significant roles really had a big impact on the season. Uh, Granado said, but I think Henrik Zetterberg, obviously, Pavel Datsuk, Johan Franzen, and you've got Daniel Alfredson. You've got tremendous experience and leadership with some players who have had an unbelievable career and have been the staple of the organization for a long time. So I'm looking forward to working with those guys. But I think the core of the younger players, like I said, stepped up and made big impacts last year. And they will make it awfully exciting as well. And let's also keep in mind that he was quoted for saying, when the Detroit position came available, I looked at the team, I looked at the, ta the staff, I looked at the management team led by Kenny you know, in parentheses, Holland, he was referring to him as Kenny in ownership, said Granado. Um, and he said also, quote unquote, this is a premier organization. I want to be a part of it. I'm lucky it became available when it did. And I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Guys, people still want to come to Detroit and people still want to coach beside somebody like Mike Babcock. Granado wants to be able to incorporate, um, you know, different aspects of, of his style of hockey into the Red Wings organization. Granado is actually the uncle to the Red Wings prospect, Landon Ferraro, who is the son of former NHL star Ray Ferraro. Guys, he's got a history here. Tony Granado is going to continue a legacy here in Detroit, and that's what I want to see. Personally, I think this is a great hire because the Wings need to improve themselves on both the penalty kill and the power play. As for the dispute between coaches, have no fear, guys. Babcock has been quoted saying recently that he is not worried about working with the ex-Penguins coach as, you know, if you guys don't know, I'm referring to the famous altercation with Red Wings coach Mike Babcock in 2008 when Babcock sent out Aaron Downey to take out Ian LaPierre after he went after Nicholas Lidstrom in the first period. But, guys, that's all I have for you this week. And, you know, we talked about the depth chart. We talked about this past week of the offseason. We talked about the newest addition to the Red Wings front office. So that is really all I have for you for the 13th episode of Octopi. And we have more coming next week to you. We're going to be talking about 
the new Olympia that I had referred to in this edition of Octopi. We're going to be talking about it a lot more in depth next week, talking about free agency still. And, uh, you know, I'll leave the third segment as a surprise right now. So thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of Octopi Hockey Town. For more information on anything Detroit sports or MSU sports, Michigan State University, go to www.impact89fm.org backslash sports and check out the MSU Impact Sports website. Again, guys, this has been Austin Goodman coming to you, and I hope you guys decide to listen again next week. Enjoy your summers.